Welcome everybody, Ryan McKenzie here with another episode of I Hate Selling Live. I'm here with Jonathan Goodman, the online training master. He's guaranteed to make you 70,000 figures in personal training if you fall. No, okay, I won't go that far. Guaranteed um, to make you, to make 70, I'm, I'm on a mission. That's my favorite one. I'm on a mission. It's on a mission. To help 10,000 personal trainers have their first six figure month in the next five days. By doing, no effort, by doing nothing. By doing nothing. Doing <laughs> nothing. Sit there and do nothing. Um, all right, before we dive in, guys, if you have not, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, thanks for being live with us. Um, I've got you pulled up right here. So if you want to ask John a really weird or odd question, now's your chance and we can just blindside him. It'll be awesome. Um, but before we get started, I want to know where you're from and what's the weather like. Guys, I'm in Orlando, Florida. I normally get to brag about this. Um, the weather's usually great compared to everybody else, but right okay. now it's like a hundred degrees outside. I just thought about going outside and I started sweating. So where are you in the world? Type it in the comments and what's I, the weather like? I'm from, I'm, I'll tell you where I'm from. I'm from a place in the world where our temperature system actually makes sense. <laughs> don't, don't get me started with. Because Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit literally <laughs> makes no sense. Sorry, Stop. man. Zero this is why degrees. people are here. Tell us about this. Yeah, this is why this we're is, here. This is why people are listening. Yeah. Zero degrees is freezing. That, that yeah. is logical. That makes perfect sense. Like, I get where Fahrenheit comes from, but um, humans aren't scientists. Like, dumb it down for us. So, uh, I'm in Toronto, Canada. It's like 29 degrees Celsius here, which is hot. It's like, what is that, negative 45 Fahrenheit? What is that? I don't know. No, man. That's probably like... <laughs> My guess is probably like 85, 90. I don't actually know. Okay. 90 degrees. That's, yeah, it's warm. It's very warm. Yeah, so I grew, warm. Up, it's warm. I, I grew up my whole life in the, in the United States um, learning not the, metric, it's not the metric system, right? And then I'm thinking the metric system is so weird the whole time. And I realized everyone else in the world uses this and we don't. And I'm stuck with it and I don't want to change just because I'm a stubborn American. And I don't care what you think. Americans um, are never stubborn. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, the funniest thing, here's, here's my perfect definition for how, for how ethnocentric Americans are. Don't do this to me, man. <laughs> so we, get, we, we do a lot of direct mail and I send a lot of stuff out from our office and stuff like that. And so I ask people for their addresses. Americans are the only people in the world that don't include their country when you ask them for their address. They just assume you know. Well, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. That's, I, think that's, I think that's accurate. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get, to the, let's get to the real stuff here. Why, this is, we're, we're talking with Jonathan Goodman, um, online trainer academy mastermind, guys. If you are a personal trainer and you are doing any personal training online, you need to learn from this guy. And oh, guess what? Pandemic time. So everybody is. So you got to pay attention, right? Before we get into that, more important. Guess what? You have no choice. You have um, no choice because we have to do it because Corona. So, um, John, one, one really important question for you. What is something that is weird about you that not many people realize? I have an obsession with Casio watches. <laughs> this is such a random thing. And so $12 Casio watches you get at Walmart. Is I mean, first about? off it's well, $12 American, maybe $20 Canadian. Okay. This is my watch. Um, I call it sweet Casio. 
I bought my wife a Casio watch that's like the gold Casio. We call it Sweet Her Casio. And then I have a gold Casio watch, you know, for when I'm dressing up fancy. And, uh, and it's called Sweetest Casio. And I think I'm going to get the silver one at one point just for when I'm like going out but not balling out too much. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, yeah, and you- the reason is, I mean, it's kind of funny because like every business coach in the world like shows off their watch. And so I feel like what this says about me is that I actually understand what matters and what doesn't matter about life. Like if you like watches, by all means, buy watches. But if you don't, like the beautiful thing about the Casio watches, it gets the job done. And, and it gets the job done in a beautiful, simple way. Like it, it works basically forever. It's waterproof or water resistant, but like pretty waterproof. It won't ever break. You won't ever need to get another one. It's comfortable. It has the most basic functions you ever need. Tells time, has a timer, right? Has an alarm and has a stopwatch. Like that's all that you need your watch to do. But and then if- the best part about it is Casio was the first company ever you can look this up to make digital watches i don't want to look it up i just want to believe you and they have 40 years they have never changed their design isn't that i mean i could tell by looking at it they've never changed their design (laughs) so isn't that but isn't that like what we should all strive for as a company i mean you know you listen to well in business you listen to like the famous quote by mark twain that i always love it's like sorry, I didn't have more time or else I would have written you a shorter letter. I mean, the ability of this company to simplify and get it perfect from day one. And think about, think about like some baller dude, I'll call him Mr. Casio, right? Is just sitting back and like he perfected the watch formula 40 years ago and has never needed to redesign it. Like, I don't have tattoos, right? And so this to me is like, my tattoo it reminds me how i want to act it reminds me what i want to build it reminds me to simplify it reminds me to dial in on the most important things and um i, I don't know i i really i really love it and i love what it stands for and so I'm all right guys, if you're listening off. right now and you like casio watches just like john does then uh let us know put your best casio watch gif in the comments right now there's a bunch of you live with us so do it now um if you're watching the podcast listen to the podcast later i'm sorry you can't participate fun, fun so stuff. So you don't get to play with us. Um, and if you have a Timex, you can just log right off. I don't even <laughs> want to talk to you. So here's the biggest, jumping off your, your amazing in-depth <laughs> insight on a Casio watch. How are people supposed to respect me if I don't have a nice watch? Hmm? Um, I am so <laughs> unbelievably passionate about leading by example. And for example, I actually just posted today on my Instagram account and I've never spoken about this publicly before, but I don't post on Instagram on the weekends. Why? Because you know what? I think that there's more important things than content. And so during the week, I post twice a day, right? And I post a text-based post and I post an image. And you know what? The weekends I take time off. And it's just that idea of, you know, I hope people see that and start to, and start to really like, not just, I'm not going to preach at you. I have no patience for people who say things and then act other ways as they pander for likes and follows and stuff like that. I believe so passionately about like, this is how I think that a life should be led. 
And, and I think that work is very important. I think that content's very important. I think that producing beautiful things. And I think that struggle is very important. I think that, you know, we can never appreciate things unless we, we suffer. I mean, everything that we feel, we only feel in relation to something we've already felt. So if you're going to experience pleasure, you have to experience pain. Like I, like I, I believe all of those things. Right. But, but I don't have any patience for people who talk about how, you know, all of these ways that you should live your life, particularly on social media, and then they just don't. And so I'm, uh, you know, I feel like over time, I hope that I, I, I try to, as best as I can, communicate what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why I've decided to live a certain way and travel and have a family a certain way. And um, I do that because it's meaningful to me. And sure. um, that's why, like it has nothing to do with a watch or a car oh. or whatever. With that, what percentage of your posts are pictures of your watch? Let's be honest. Um, on my on my stories, uh, like a good ten to fifteen percent. But but I mean, think about so again, like we're going back to content again. If 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 you want to get people to connect with you, you need to be able to connect with them on like some weird way that's like outside of the main message. And I like so, that. Um, the watch is like something funny that like the insiders get. Like I, I always write like sweet Cassio when I point to it. And I just do that like as an aside when the watch shows up in a photo that I take or whatever it is. And it's something that most people don't get. And I did post about it once on Instagram and wrote about it. So if they message me and ask me like, what the hell is this thing with Cassio? I'll link to that. <laughs> but the amount of pictures I get from people with Cassio watches on their wrist, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you can't anybody who follows me that sees a Casio watch can't not think of me right yeah and so how can you do that like my question for you is like what is unique about you in some maybe weird way just different way or something like that that other people might see over the course of their day that gets them to almost like remind themselves yeah, about if you are sounding just like everybody else then nobody's paying attention to you, right? There's got to be something that's unique in some way, right? And you try to blend in too much that you can't actually make a difference. That's good. All right, so- Like, like have fun with it. Like before we even dive into the deep online training rabbit hole. Yeah. Second most important question that everybody needs to know, what was your favorite cereal growing up? And what cereal, if you had to pick one unhealthy cereal now, what would it be for the rest of your life? It's all you can eat. What is it? That's all I can eat. It cannot be healthy. Don't give me this, like, don't give me this Wheaties or like, uh, you know, whatever else. Like it's look when, when, when you become an adult, as I've become, um, begrudgingly, I'm I'm not there yet. (laughs) You start to like fall into patterns and I'm just like not in a pattern where I eat cereal basically ever. I don't know. I mean, I guess lucky charms, maybe. It's a very um, unpassionate answer, John. I'm it's not, I'm it's not, not passionate at all. You told me you were going to ask me this question beforehand, and I told you not to because I didn't have the answer. <laughs> and then you asked me it anyway, so you get a dispassionate answer. Good, um, good. All right, let's move on to, to all you people on Facebook training. Live. I'm very sorry for that. I just wasted <laughs> 45 seconds of your time, but you've got lots of time anyway. You're stuck at home, so talk to me. Talk to me about online training, John. How did you get into the online training academy? Where did it, where did it come out of, man? 
where did it come out of? We did a tremendous amount of research. So I went a website called the Post No Trainer Development Center, and we did um, we did hundred thousand plus data point study, basically asking trainers. This is back in two thousand and twelve, asking trainers like. What are their goals in their career? What are they suffering from? What do they want to achieve? And out of that, we were able to dial down the biggest problem that the fitness industry has, which is all good trainers at a year or more into their career have to figure out a way to make a bit more money in a bit less time with a bit better schedule. That's literally it. Like if you could solve that problem, you solve the fitness industry. Like all of the dumb stuff that we all love to hate that happens, that increasingly happens, basically goes away. And so I started seeking the solution to this. And, um, and the solution became, for, for the majority of people, became pretty clear that online training, some type of virtual training, not as its own thing where people sit up with their feet on a beach and sip a Mai Tai, but like virtual training as a way to reverse the continuum um, at that point and still to a large extent, business dictates fitness in the fitness industry. And the result is everybody loses because when that happens, a whole bunch of constraints are added into the fitness industry, scheduling constraints, location constraints, overhead constraints, blah, 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 whereby personal trainers, fitness centers now cannot offer an optimal experience to the clients who are by definition paying them a premium for an optimal service. Mm -hmm. And so what online training allows good trainers to do who really understand how to do it and most people doing it and most people teaching it quite honestly don't get it because it has nothing to do with recording a workout over zoom and doing that with the other person is it allows that trainer to reverse that continuum to basically say what is optimal for what does this client need right now how do they need it in what capacity and then you can deliver exactly that and do it in a way whereby you're actually showing up physically less i mean to me it's basically a triangle with three arms to it, the, the perfect service that a trainer can deliver. Yes, exactly like that. Except your, your triangle was sort of like an isosceles <laughs> going like, like an equilateral. Wait, so you're telling, me, but, you're telling me this happened back in 2012. You didn't just make this up six months ago because there was a pandemic. We've, yeah, no, we've, we've helped over 30,000 people in 87 countries since 2013 add online training to their business. Because everybody I see on Facebook right now is an online training expert. And it seems right. like it just happened like, I don't know why, like three to five months ago. Like they became an expert in how to help, help trainers go online. Like, the so- amount of people who became experts at helping gyms convert to online training and get, not, not convert to online training, the amount of people who became experts in helping gyms re-engage their members after COVID before gyms opened up was uncanny. It was like, wow, you guys must have time machines. Like literally by definition, nobody has ever done this before. And yet you're an expert showing me testimonials. <laughs> <laughs> like how is nobody questioning this? Um, but, but going back to this, this, this triangle, yeah. like Talk it's basically me. small group accountability mm-hmm. is one arm of it. Like, like to me, a trainer needs to provide direction, support and accountability. It's like small group accountability, world-class programming, individualized programming, but that can be done very much with templates and then individualizing the templates. And then leveraging technology for automation and scale to provide a more efficient service as a, and, and the result of that is it becomes much more cost effective for the client. And, and when you can merge those things, what you realize is that as a coach, 
your goal is not to replace yourself with technology. Your goal is to leverage technology to be able to maximize where you show up. Humans are very good coaches, sure. but humans and, and in the fitness industry, particularly a lot of humans, a lot of personal trainers are doing stuff, quite frankly, that machines can do better than humans. And so the way to maximize the human, to way, the way to maximize the coach is to leverage technology to remove that coach from everything that that coach shouldn't be doing John, in I think order to is, maximize where that coach shows up. I think this is how Terminator 1 literally started. Yeah, that, uh, basically so, O'Connor. This is the plot of Terminator 1, the very beginning. Like humans are really good, but machines can do it so much better. <laughs> no, well, yes I, and no, right? Like it's, here. This is good. It's, it's just this idea of like, Whenever there's this app comes out or artificial intelligence, you know, artificial intelligence like personal trainer comes out, there's always these sensationalistic headlines that's like, will this be the end of personal training? Right. And, and my answer is no, that's, that's silly. Um, Silicon Valley will never replace personal trainers. Um, you know, did automatic door openers replace the doorman? Like, no, because the, what, what technology does is it simplifies and, and builds an algorithm in order to simplify to simplify the, the, the actual task, right? And dumb it down as much as possible. Right. What it can't do is it can't provide that, that extra little human touch. It can't, provide, it can't provide somebody bragging to their friend that they have a personal trainer because it improves their perceived self-worth. Right. It can't provide feeling like somebody has got your back. Like, Hey, I got you, buddy, which to be honest, and you and I spoke about this before, and I'm about to make yeah. a very controversial statement, Do it. But, but I believe it very deeply. Um, most personal trainers are not that good at programming. Like programming is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And there are algorithms out there that can build better programs for most clients than I would say 95 to 98% of personal trainers. Now we're not talking about clients that are competing at high levels, sure. right? And we're obviously not talking about clients with like huge amounts of, of injuries, but the reality of it is a trainer shouldn't most likely in almost every case be building a workout from scratch. You literally, you, you are not going to do as good of a job with that program as if you leverage technology to feed you a template that's already proven. And then you come in at the last moment and individualize and make that template specific. I think I can get behind that. The, the, the other that's side going to be very controversial. I'm going to get some. Yeah, the that. other side that I would argue, I, I don't know that I would stake my claim on that argument, but I think I see where you're coming from for sure. But the other side that I do see a big benefit in is the number of trainers that I've worked with or that have worked for me or that I've just observed from, from being in gyms, how much time they spend mm. on putting together the perfect workout or had a couple of people that they're, they're their claim to fame was my clients never do the same workout twice, which I don't understand that logic, but that they would literally go back through binders and Excel spreadsheets to make sure it wasn't exactly the same as another workout they did. And I just don't like the amount of time that takes to always have a brand new, which is silly in the first place, but to constantly figure out the next step in the progression hours and hours and hours of really well-meaning personal trainers, hoping they can do a really great job for their clients not realizing that now all of a sudden they're making $6 an hour because of how much time they're spending wow. off the clock 
building out their programs that really, to your point, aren't as good as what they could find in a, in a really well thought out template that they could just modify and adjust as they need to, you know? Well, and what's, what's the next step there? I mean, when you get burnt out, you're kind of just like destroying yourself, right? I mean, there's just, there's no energy to do it. Um, and so, yeah, like. Yeah, if you could take all your energy and all your effort and put it into making relationship, the thing that technology can't do, if you can take all your energy and all your effort into putting it to making that person feel special, rather than diving into a whole program and figuring out the next, all the, you can modify on the fly, you can regress and progress, but like my focus sure. as a trainer is to make sure you do it right, to make sure you do it well, to make sure we adjust as we need to, you know? But, but regressions and progressions and variations, particularly based off of, of exercise equipment availability, is actually relatively straightforward. Like, like a lot of it can actually be, be done by just putting a whole bunch of logic-based statements into it. And like the best trainers already do that. They don't even know that they're doing it. Hmm. But it's just logic-based statements. Like if you don't have one piece of equipment, here's the next best option. Um, if you know, what's a, what's a progression and a regression from a push-up, right? Like it's not actually like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's relatively straightforward when you really it boil be, yeah. it down. Depends on um, what the issue is, right? But it can, well, be, it depends it, what the issue is when you yeah. get into injuries and stuff like that, but that's a whole other conversation. We, we talked right. about this in our podcast, the online trainer show, uh, last week, I think it was, I don't think the episode is even live yet, but we talked about assessments and like, the amount of false positives that trainers come to in gyms, I mean, the, 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 the issue that I have with assessments. Talking like a NASM based assessment here where I could push. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out NASM specifically. I mean, I think those, that, I, that type I, I can, cause I, you know, I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to speak. I'll keep, I'll keep tight lipped on, on the company, but, um, but just don't go to them for online training advice. That's all that I'll say. But, um, but you know, the, the thing, here's the problem with assessments in the gym. You probably don't know for sure what's happening really ever based off of your assessment. I agree with that. And I mean, I say this from the deepest depths of my heart because I did this for years. I told clients that they suffered from glutes not firing. I told clients that they had impingements in their shoulder. I told clients that they had suboptimal space in their acetabulum. And so they had to squat a certain way. I we mean- really don't know when it comes down to it. You really don't know. Right. I mean, that's just kind of, and so at the end of the day, we're not our job. I mean, if our job is basically to be like, like a triage doctor almost, sure. right? We're the first people that a lot of these clients see. We need to do a basic assessment to say, what's the risk reward here? Like, what can I do that's going to give you the biggest amount of bang for your buck right. that's going to basically never hurt you? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. if we think that there's any chance that you're going to get hurt, we need to refer out. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when it comes down to assessments, even done in a gym, assessments online are actually fundamentally different. Um, 
which Talk is us which through is, that. Like if I if I'm going to go online and I'm going to start training people, what does an assessment online look like to you? Yeah. So um, the the first thing to understand about the difference between uh, assessments online and assessments in the gym is that um, assessments in the gym often what's favored is is validity. You know, like gyms gym assessments often at least believe or or pretend like they're being valid. They're basically, they basically never are, if you really understand it. Like body fat assessments with bioelectrical impedance, which is what most gyms use, the technology, those like body fat scales, they're not even close to accurate. I'd get and, myself and down to 7% so, body fat if I really wanted to just. Just by, just by like not well, drinking water. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's so unreliable that it's like kind of a joke to use it. Yeah. Um, and then even even physical assessments and stuff like that. But anyway, so, so, so validity is favored. When you work online with a client, you have to assume that the assessment that you're using is not going to be perfectly valid. You have to go into it kind of knowing that. And to be honest, the way that I kind of reason with this as we've come to this awareness, and keep in mind, this is not like John Goodman's like way. This is like us working with 30,000 people working with their clients in 87 countries over eight years. Right. And, and so like, this is all based off of our experience and data and stuff like that. You have to favor reliability over validity. Basically what you have to look for in assessments with online clientele is you have to say, okay, we're going to obviously try to get the most valid ones, but we kind of know that they're not going to be valid. What we need though are assessments that are going to be reliable from test to test, to test, to test. And so what kind of assessments do you look for? And then, and then you want stuff, of course, that basically everybody can do in their home really easily or for cheap. Right. So um, Amber Reynolds, who's one of our, our uh, coaches for the Online Trainer Academy and actually uh, produces our podcast as well, she sends uh, a body tape measurement. So when a client signs up, she actually sends them a tape measure in the mail and teaches them how to do basic tape measurements. Cause like a tape measure is a tape measure is a tape measure. You can easily tell somebody where the points are to measure. Sure. And then, you know, oftentimes they might need somebody else to kind of help them sure. align the tape, but like that doesn't lie. Like that's a very reliable test and you could, you can do some calculations to figure out body fat, but like the inches don't lie. Right. And so if you want John. centimeters, excuse me, excuse me, centimeters. Stop Come it. On. Just stop <laughs> it. Um, but, but then you have, um, I actually really like like old school gym tests. Okay. So like 60 second crunch test, 60 second push up test, 12 minute run, one mile run. I mean, depending on the client's goals, obviously you're not going to do all of these, but um, I really like those because it's really easy for somebody to do. It's not a particularly good measure of fitness. I mean, 12 minute run, one mile run is a good measure I mean, of cardiovascular fitness, but like, it's really, really good way for a client to be like, yo, I did 30 pushups and now I did 35. Like they're getting better and they know it. I could argue um, from my experience and as a psych major that um, we could do 30 pushups the first week and say, hey, you did 30 last time and they'll get 35 the next week, no matter what. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they just because they know what they did. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, so like, it's, so I really, really like those types of assessments for it. I mean, you can, you can definitely do like 
hacked together FMS screen type stuff over Zoom yeah. or Skype or whatever. Isn't it yeah. funny that like Zoom has become the new Skype? It's like become the new, the new adjective. It's yeah. like, I'm going to, uh, hey, hey, I'll Zoom you. It's like Skype must be pissed about that, man. <laughs> they dropped the ball. Well, that was Skype had the yeah, adjective. Why, why did everybody Skype. jump to Zoom and not Skype? I don't understand that. I, was, I mean, can you imagine like if you were Kleenex and all of a sudden people are like talking about another company as like the Kleenex thing? Weird. It's like, that'd be, I'd be pissed off if I was Skype right now. <laughs> so that's, that's the most important thing I like with that. assessments uh, is to find, is to seek out reliable assessments from time to time. And, and also like, I guess the final piece of the puzzle there is know who you're willing to work with and know who you can't, mm-hmm. you know, in person, you can react online. You need to be much more proactive and lateral in your approach and anticipate so things before they happen. You're doing when you're, I like that a lot. When you're doing online training, um, a lot of trainers have just taken what they do in person and said, we'll do it at your house, get on zoom, get on Skype, get on Facebook messenger, whatever FaceTime call. We'll just do it there. Um, Probably because they learned from NASA how to do online training. Sure. So uh, my question <laughs> then, my question is, are you, when you say online training, what do you mean? Are you saying I'm watching you work out or I'm sending no. you a program or are you send, I'm going to send you maybe, videos of me doing the exercises. What are you, maybe what are you working it's I'm watching you work out. It almost never is. Um, I, I will tell you two pieces of data that always surprise people when I tell them. And, um, and, and the first is out of all of the people that we've helped add online training to their business, the vast majority of them never train anybody that doesn't live in their city. So this whole dream of like, you're going to, you can take people from anywhere in the country. It's like that actually almost never happens. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously it does. Like we have trainers traveling the world, you know, move to exotic locations and stuff like that. But for the most part, it doesn't. What online training allows you to do is simply offer a better service. That's more convenient for everybody. And so and, and, and that's, that's the hybrid approach that I, I championed back in like 2013 that I basically developed back in 2013 yeah. is how to work with somebody combined in a gym and in person, right? how to price that and how to structure that and stuff like that. And the idea is um, most clients still will probably want to come into your gym or even if they don't come into your gym, you know, are going to be a referral from a client you worked with, are going to be a referral from a friend or a family member or somebody you know, and odds are that person is going to live like somewhere in your town, right? Mm -hmm. They may not live five minutes away so can go to your gym. They might be 45 minutes away so would never come to your gym. Right, right. But they're still kind of in your Mutual friends, mutual connections, something like that. Which is most likely going to be local, right? Right. Um, That's number one. Number two is... I think, and, and we've seen this show time and time again, and, and I'll tell you how much we bet on this, that training over video is going to be completely irrelevant once again, the minute that COVID ends, to the point where we have actually never included it in our curriculum. It's not even, it's, it's so irrelevant to what online training is that we literally don't cover it. We have a 368 page textbook, the only textbook that's ever been written about online training and virtual training where you're on Skype or Zoom training somebody is not even a paragraph. So is it's that, that because irrelevant. You guys, is that because you're behind sucks. the curve? 
But is it because if you're behind the time and you don't know what's good or because it sucks? No, because it sucks. Because <laughs> it's a miserable experience for everybody because there's no point of differentiation because there are massive companies that are producing streaming workouts right now that have way more money and way more ability to produce better videos and better programming and more instructors and more consistent stuff and more variation at basically no money, right? Than you do. And so it's a great way to keep your community going for your facility, for your clientele while they can't be there, while everybody has unlimited time and so can show up. But when people go back to work and the only time to train is from, seven to 9 a.m. and five to 8 p.m. You think those people are gonna be sitting in their living room? And you think you're gonna like be able to organize everybody? It's like, no, the people who want that are going to go to streaming platforms, which are gonna blow you out of the water because they have 5,000 classes and you have one that people have to show up for at a specific amount of time and you charge 20 bucks a class and they charge 10 bucks a month. Sure, sure. And it's a miserable experience for you because you don't get that feedback that you get that you love training clients in person. Right. The type of person who wants to be around people is going to want to be around people and is not going to want to be on it. Yeah. So if you're talking about online training through video where everybody shows up to my class at this time, then I 100% agree. No chance. I agree with you. If you're talking about Hey, I'm training a couple or I'm training a one-on-one -on -one session and I want to work through exactly how your knee should be right. moving and, and they're not willing to come out of their home or you can't meet somewhere. Yeah. I think that, I think that survives and that lives that, that I think that survives. Yeah, I think that survives. And I think that should always have been the case, right? You know, that, that was always the case for our people, but that's not your business, right? Sure. That's not your business model. That's a service that you offer a client that travels hundred percent. Yeah. When they're abroad, show up in their hotel room over a camera and zoom them in on a workout with you. I think, I mean, what, what we're, we're working with, with a lot of gyms and stuff like that to implement basically levels of service now. Yeah. Right? And, and so this is just a matter of people evolving and offering these types of services. So a gym now can offer, say, a, a bronze, silver, gold level. Yeah. The bronze level is your online programming, right? A lot more trainers, a lot more gyms are going to have video capabilities moving forward. The sure. gyms that are really going to win are the gyms who understand how to fit that into what they do. The gyms that are going to lose are the gyms who say, well, we don't really need to do that other stuff. And so your baseline level is basically access to your community, access to your classes digitally. Okay. That's going to be something that, you're actually not going to get that many people who are going to stay on those programs for very long, but it's good to offer. It's good to offer to absorb referrals from out of town, that type of thing. And then you just, the classes that you already have, you film them, right? Yeah. And somebody can join in wherever they are. Sure. The silver level, and there's a couple different ways to work this. It could be one-on-one, -on -one, it could be group. But the silver level is um, everybody has individualized programming. Mm -hmm. And then they can show up for the, for the online classes if they want, or they can show up during quote unquote coached times at your gym. So now the busy times at your gym, 5 to 8 p.m., you don't actually need to show up for an appointment, but you can show up and there's coaches walking the floor to help you that are there for that time. Right. 
You could also do a one-on-one -on -one session. So include like a strength, amount of it's like a strength coach model where the workouts, your workouts on the board, the coaches in the weight room, he's going to help you out. Right. It's not, well, or, or you have your personalized workout. Yeah. Right. It could be either. Um, or you have, or you have one-on-one -on -one sessions or you have like, like, like Jesus Acuna, who's in um, Arizona is one of our level two uh, graduates uh, converted his entire gym's model to this where he basically had the first level, as I told you. And then the second level is they have a series of classes. And so the classes is basically you have, you will get access to classes if you're in like the gold level or the silver level. And then the gold level includes maybe nutrition, includes an extra service. And the really yeah. smart gyms are the gyms who understand that we actually don't need, like, like some gyms may have the core comp capabilities to include nutrition and some of that other stuff. Most of them don't, and you don't need to build it yourself because yeah. you can go to a company like my buddy, Mike Dola at Stronger U and basically just say, we're going to send our clients to you. Give me a percentage. Right. And now they're a part of your program. You're getting profit straight to your bottom line. You're doing no extra work. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're having a higher level to serve people better. Yeah. I've seen too many times hiring, um, what do they have to be a, um, not a nutritionist, but a certified dietitian. And, uh, the problem with having a dietitian in your gym is a dietitian nine times out of 10 is they're, they're, they're trained to look at spreadsheets. They're trained to look right. at in macros and micros and say, okay, have this, don't have this, have this change the IV, change this only feed them this. And it's somebody in a hospital bed who has to eat what you give them. Um, it's, it's a good idea implemented poorly. Executed yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, just as well as anybody, execution is everything. Right. And so you don't know how to execute that service. Why right. are you even trying? There are people yeah. out there who are experts at executing that service. Perfect to that, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> stop trying to do all these things well when you're not doing, when you're doing all of them poorly now, do one thing really well, figure out what else is needed. And use them cool so if i'm if i've been trying this on my own for a while right i've been trying to be an online trainer trying to figure out on my own what's my can you give me step one two three or what what's my next thing i should be doing and um obviously the online trainer academy in my opinion is that thing but like what, what are your thoughts on that well i'd have to know what you were doing um there, there's there's a bunch of different options the beautiful thing about online training is that you can you can literally do anything, right? You can, you can build your own oyster. And so it's a matter of basically looking and saying, okay, what do I really want to build? What do I feel like my clients need? Mm -hmm. And then going and looking at the best practices. Um, what I think happens perhaps too much in this field is people force all of these constraints about themselves and, and, and start to make decisions based off of a whole bunch of truisms that are not actually fact. You know, oh, people won't buy if I'm not directly involved. It's like, eh, are you sure that that's true? Because like, <laughs> I used to think that about my business too. And then I stopped being involved. And you know what? It hurts my ego, but nobody cared. <laughs> and so, but the, the problem is you, you have to really um, disconnect and perhaps uh, dissociate from, from your ego quite a bit here. Because um, if you believe that all of these things are true, you start to make decisions assuming that they're true and it 
and it stops you from being able to actually make good decisions from a, from a wider spectrum of options. Um, there's a serious lack of context, I think, a lot of the time. And this is, this is why I've organized my entire business the way that I have. I think, I think when it comes to like online fitness business, I won't talk about anything else, but like online fitness business, I think a lot of people that are hiring really expensive business coaches right now are making big mistakes because I think that they're, I think hiring a really expensive business coach, assume that the business coach is good and knows what they're doing, which is like two yeah. fields kind of maybe not quite true, but assume that it is. Um, it's a really inefficient and expensive way to get to figure out where you're going because hmm. you don't actually know anything about what you're doing yet. And so this person is now going to take you along a path very specifically, which if that exact specific path is right for you, that's perfect. Odds are it isn't. And, and they're not actually giving you transferable skills that you can use elsewhere. So this is why, I mean, I structured my entire company as level one is the online trainer Academy is a course. It's a certification course. We do have a mentorship option. That's an upgrade if you want, but it's a course. And the reason for that is quite simple, right? We're going to, in a very cost-effective way, we're going to give you all of the best practices. We're going to help you make every single important decision you need to make to figure out exactly how you want this business to work for you. We've had 40 experts involved. We've been doing this for eight years. I can tell you every single business model. I can tell you all the pros and cons. I can tell you all of the marketing systems to get clients inside and out and the pros and cons of each. And there isn't a single best way to do it. There are better ways for different types of people, depending on your situation. And so that's level one is figuring that out, right? Get some clients, get going. That's level one. Level two then maybe is business coaching. So we have a level two that is an eight week intensive business coaching, right? For people who want to work towards the more of the high ticket model. And we vet people and we don't accept a lot of people there that it's not right for. Level yeah. two might mean that you go to another business coach right after you finish the online trainer academy because you've decided that what you want to offer is something they specialize in it's good totally cool right but that doesn't come first yeah what i like about this is that like so my 15 years of training professionally basically is you know you all had the, the clients beforehand when you're training your friends and everything but right. actually being a, a somewhat decent legitimate trainer i i've seen all through social media, like these are the gurus. These are the guys, this is the, the experts. And then you've got to, uh, maybe that's what I need to be like. And then right. you wonder, do I need to pay them? Do I need to do this? Do I need that? And then three months later, they don't exist anymore. Or a year and a half <laughs> later, they're gone. They don't exist. I'm like, where do they just make so much money? They quit. Probably not. Right. There's a reason they're not around probably anymore. Probably not. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you studied psychology, right? Talk to me about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like you don't just make so much money. You quit. Right. Like you make so much money and then all you care about is legacy, which means that they would actually show up more, not less once they've made the, um, So there's a lot of that going on, which is what you're saying. Even if they're a good coach, it's tough to find out. So I know I love your approach saying we're not even going to accept you unless you've gotten here, because if you haven't been in the industry three to five years, two to three years, you probably don't even know enough to know what you don't know. You know, you oh, probably geez. don't even know enough. Not you know even, what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever see, have you ever seen this, like, uh, I, I can't even remember what it's called. I, I lovingly refer to the chart as Mount Stupid. And it's like, it basically has like, um, 
uh, how much you know on the bottom and how confident you are on like the x-axis and how confident you are on the <laughs> y-axis and like when you don't know much you're super confident and then as you start to know more you just become less and less confident <laughs> right. that's great that's great it's like i remember i remember speaking to um but Contreras about this, who's, you know, like now become a famous Instagrammer, which is hilarious. Uh, but I remember speaking to him about this and why he stopped his blog. And he's like, I legitimately couldn't blog anymore because in order to be successful blogging, you have to make assertions. You have to tell people what to do. And I learned so much about training that I can't tell people what to do. <laughs> I just, I can't. I know that there's never a way to tell people what to do. It's like, what a, what a beautiful illustration, right? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Man, I, this has been awesome. Um, if people want to get on that first level course that you're talking about, is it just onlinetraineracademy.com? That's all they got to do? I probably have that too. I don't even know. Onlinetrainer.com slash academy. You online can Google trainer. Online Trainer Academy. It's the first thing that Go shows up. Guys. Literally the first thing that shows up. This is not a random, hey, Corona hit and we need to get online. This is... This is what John does, what his team does. So I would highly recommend if you've ever even thought about doing online training, check it out. It's worth it. And it is, it is good stuff. So get with them. Plus, what, I didn't get a chance to say this, John. I've seen you throughout the years here. Um, everything this man does is serving his members. I see, sending out like, I don't, I don't know if this is a common practice for you, but I just see people posting pictures. Man, they sent me a water bottle or he sent me a yeah. – whatever, just random stuff. That's just like not part of what you do, but it just random people getting random things like just to show that you care. And I think that, that as, goes a long way. As right? we've been speaking, my assistant just put two things on my desk to write a note in and sign so she can mail out to people. That's huge. <laughs> that's, that's huge. Guys, reach out to John, onlinetrainer.com slash academy and do it right. Nailed it. Do it right. Thanks, buddy. Um, hey, we're done for the day. Uh, if you guys need any help from John, you know where to find him. You know where to find me. Uh, get the I Hate Selling book at IHateSellingBook.com. Train smart, live well. We'll see you.